step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. This podcast is brought to you by Most Valuable Podcasts. Saving your day from boredom with the best podcasting entertainment. What's up, what's up? Real MVPs, Ricky Widmer here, along with fellow man child, Johnny Carlick. Are you a queen? I am not a queen. Well, I mean, a queen is, every woman's a queen, but no, I'm not a queen. And uh, we are here, movie review. <laughs> I had to finish the live for I'm you. Back. I think you did. Um, you did. Because, you know, Dave and I have a joke of basically... <laughs> um, the two of you are two old queens? <laughs> yeah, we're just, two, we're just a couple of queens. Um, basically, every time we go out to eat, people are like, are you? No, we're not. Um, but it's okay. Thank you for asking. Um, but we're here reviewing Men in Black International. Second mo- Technically, second movie review this week is in the normal podcast. We kind of shoehorned our uh, Dark Phoenix <laughs> Ricky like debacle, using that shoehorn. Um, in there. And we went and saw Men in Black. This will be much like the traditional movie review we usually do. Non-spoiler at the beginning, spoiler in the middle, show stealer, and our out of five little weapon, like what was the little cube called? Did they have a name for that? I don't know if they had a name for that. We're going to give it that. Five out of little old Rubik's cubey thingies, which kind of was It's more like, like a D45 or fine, something. a D45. I'm saying, that's what it looked like. Who are you? Really? Really? I am just a figment of your imagination. What's up, what's up? Real MVPs, Ricky here, along with fellow man child Johnny Carlick. I'm pretty Take sure that two. I'm pretty sure that podcast went wrong in every conceivable way. Yeah, it went it went off the rails quick to where I was like, you know what? Hey Fuck Ricky, it. We're you doing know what? it again. She just neuralized yeah, them. Just neur boop flash. And you've been neuralized. Um maybe I'll edit that in there. Instead of like the boop thing, it'll just be like putting on the glasses and a neuralizer thing. Uh, but welcome into the Rick and Johnny podcast, MIB International Review. Um, like I said, it's going to be like a traditional review. If you are checking out uh, on Patreon, please do that. The support is what we need to keep this going. New studios, what we're looking for. So if you could please support us on Patreon, it would really mean the world to us. We love all of our patrons and the support that they give us. But, Johnny, we're going to jump right in. I'm not doing the whole spiel again. You saw it in the outtake. Um, we'll jump non-spoiler mode, and I will ask you for the start, who is this meant for? Should people go see it? It'd be a fun date night movie. It was a, it was a fun ride mm-hmm. overall. So, I mean, 
Go see it. I say not a very long movie. Didn't no, feel not. like a long didn't, movie. Didn't exactly, which is good. An hour fifty-ish minutes without trailers. But it didn't feel long, so mm-hmm. that was a good. Po- that's the good po- part. Of I it. saw you during the movie look at your phone once. So I was a little concerned of. Like, I was more so because I was dog him? sitting, mm-hmm. and I was just checking the time because I'm yeah. like I'm seeing how long I was away from the house. Yeah, and I was looking like, oh, is this is this getting kind of long for Johnny? We're a little. Or a little boring. No, it had nothing to do with that. Like I said, I, I kind of had a, another yeah. obligation that I was just making sure it wasn't getting too late mm-hmm. and going, oh, shit, should, should we just kind of skip the credits even if there was an mm-hmm. after credit scene? And yeah. by the way, spoiler for you guys, there was none, so don't wait through it. Basically. Because um, I know how Johnny... Spoiler. I know how... But Johnny, you got to sit through my thought. I thought he got to sit through because you can't trust anybody. No, no, I don't trust your Twitter <laughs> feeds. We've seen it. We so basically we can tell just, you, no, we just no tell you what we see. Well, for the most part, we just tell you what we saw in the movie. For me, I'm going to be completely honest with this movie. I wasn't overwhelmed. I wasn't underwhelmed. I was just whelmed with this movie. Um, it wasn't good. Like, it wasn't great. It wasn't terrible. It was a lot of okay. So, like, if you're going to go, like, if you're going to go see it as a date night movie or, like, you want to kill time with friends and... Yeah, go and see it. But mm-hmm. like, I feel like this is not a movie that you should that you're actively gonna go. Yeah, let's go see MIB International. Um, feel like sci-fi movies. It just it, to me, it didn't hit box. It didn't check all the boxes that I wanted it to. But it wasn't a like terrible. It wasn't Dark Phoenix. Is basically <laughs> what I'm saying. Um, yeah, non-spoiler. I mean, Chris Hemsworth. Hemsworth was good in this one. Liam Neeson was good. Yes. Um as well. Tessa Thompson was good. I would say she was better as Valkyrie. She was good, but she was better well, as Well, I agree with that, but um, she was still good in this one. I just to me it was a different Tessa Thompson than we're used to seeing. And I don't like she had her moment when she plays off of Chris Hemsworth, it was good. Her by herself at the beginning though, I was not I feel a like fan the of. character was out of her character. Like yes, it's not. I in, would agree with. It's that. not yes. in her realm of how her like exactly. herself. So exactly. that's why when she got to play off Hemsworth and kind of loosen up, it's like it got more comfortable. It got more comfortable, yeah. but like the rest of it was not like who mm-hmm. she is, or maybe not who, who we're used to seeing how she is. Yeah. So no, when it was her by herself, I was very much. It, I felt awkward. I'll say um, when it was her by herself. Just because maybe it's we're not used to seeing her in that way. I just didn't think it fit her character. That's a great way um, to put it. But, yeah, I felt overall that this movie, it didn't ha- it. It had twists. It had turns, but they were predictable to me. Like there yeah. was one part where I won't tell you what it is because we're in non-spoiler mode, but an explosion was going to happen. And literally before it, I don't know if you saw me, I went, and then I boom, didn't. it happened. Like, I did it with my hand. I wasn't like, even paying attention. A few seconds before, I'm like this, and then, boom, the explosion happened. So it's like, even the big plot twist at the end, I had said it to you during the movie and was spot on with it. Um, so, like, for me, that's why I just think it was a very whelmed movie, where it had good parts. Chris Hemsworth was good, but... It's nothing that's going to be like a twist and a turn and a topsy turvy ride. Plus, no Will Smith. Like, I am honestly upset about that. 
that we get no. I know you are. No Will Smith. I don't care care if people are like, oh, that's a spoiler. No, I'm saving you time then. Um, if that's the only reason you were going to go see it. If you were th- expecting a cameo. The only Tommy Lee and the only Will Smith we see is a painting, which kind of upset me. Um, painting I, looked cool. The painting looked cool, but I thought for sure we were going to get like a post credit scene or a cameo of some sort um, with Will Smith in it because it's Men in Black. You got to have that. Um, we got the we did get a cameo, but I'll mention that in spoiler mode. Let's move on into it, though. If you haven't seen the movie, this is where you go ahead and pause it. Johnny and I will be here. But Johnny, we'll jump into spoiler mode. Little bit of a uh, jump cut. Because Johnny had to go do something mid-podcast, so ooh, mysterious. I had to go save the world with um, my wits in yeah. my uh, C7. With quick wit in your Series 7. Series 7. Um, you know, you've said that a couple times. Yeah, I, I saved the world with my quick wit. And my, why am I saying that? I've already said that before. I I'm told you, I saved the world with my quick wit in my Series 7. So basically, the cameo I was talking about is we got the, the pug, the dog. Those and the worms. And the worms, yeah. I don't even remember the worm. Were they in it? When they walked off the train. That's right. You're right. They were. They walked off the train. But basically, like, we got the puck. You gotta call that in? Yeah, I guess I should call that. We got a code black. Um, But basically, in spoiler mode. Talk about amateur hour. To me, Yeah, talk, talking about amateur hour over there. Um, But for me, I will ask you this. Were there any gripes with this movie that you had? Because... For me, there were quite a few gripes. Yes, it's not on the same level as Dark Phoenix, but to me, there were a lot more gripes than there were good parts, or they might equal each other out. I don't know. I honestly did not. I um, I, So is this going to be the Ricky gripe hour? I guess so, because uh, <laughs> I didn't have a lot of um, problems with this movie, and mm. I mean, it wasn't like I was super enthralled with it, like, oh my God, I see it over and over again. Mm. Will I watch it if it comes on Netflix? Yeah. Will I rent it if someone else wants to go see it or if someone wants to actually go see it in the theaters? Sure. Why not? Mm-hmm. Um, but overall, I mean, it was a, it was a fun ride. I'm going to say this. I'll just go through the checklist. Basically, what we did for Dark Phoenix, I'll do for this because I've got a checklist. Okay. Number one, like I said in the non-spoiler mode, this movie was far too predictable. Like, for example, the explosion I was talking about was when... The guy that the aliens were there to kill, mm-hmm. who gave the weapon to Tessa Thompson, when his car blew up, as it's driving away, I'm like, like it's going to blow. Um, it's going to blow up. And it did. Um, also, the twist at the end, I knew from right... So, early in the film, after Agent H sat in with Agent C and Agent um, T... And they had all, like, the high council guys. As soon as it was, like, Agent C and Agent T kind of butting heads and you have that rivalry, I'm like, okay, it could be Agent C. That's the mole. Agent C. Yeah, Agent C. Um, (laughs) It could be him. That's the mole. But in my head, I was thinking, that's way too obvious. It's Agent T. And that's right from there. I even said to you in the movie, I'm like, I think it's Agent T. And you're like, really? And I'm like, yeah, watch. And it ended up being him. Um, now, in my head, did I expect it to be the hive that was like he got infected by them? Not exactly, but the hive was behind it. You knew that mm-hmm. the mole was working 
for the hive. And that was one part was the predictability of it was it didn't take like I wasn't shocked by anything, um, even if it's something like I know, like in a mo- in movies, it's like there's some movies that don't have that twist. But usually you need something that catches you off guard, off guard um, a little bit that makes you go, oh, I get that. Or like, oh, damn, didn't see that coming. Um, and the only thing I didn't really see coming that I should have was the thing where it's like, oh, my God, you're him, Molly. It's like, oh, like it was one of those things where I'm like, oh, I should have expected this to happen. I should have expected this to play into it um years later mm-hmm. second gripe i, I didn't had. know you didn't know that was coming i i didn't know it was gonna happen the way they did it um i to me also did not get like that whole scene to me felt like we classic ricky we could have cut it <laughs> the whole thing where they were on the like riza fortress um of doom or whatever or Mm -hmm. no return or whatever they called it um that to me served no purpose to push the story forward except for oh we have to be here because we put in there that the weapon got taken like they could have in my mind and this is up for interpretation of course i feel like if they would have Basically, once they fixed the bike, went back to the agency, rather than having it be, hey, we're going to go. Like, I feel like the only reason they had us go to that island and have the thing taken away is so that the two alien guys could confront them and then Agent High T could stop them. Like... I felt like there was a different way. Maybe they take the bike and go back to London and have a different scene of when they like, I feel like it would have basically made the movie 20 minutes shorter, half hour shorter, hour and a half, not that long of a movie. And it would have been better. Like it Mm. served no purpose to me for the actual plot. It didn't move anything forward is what I'm saying. Kind of. Push their team to get together a little bit more. Not a lot, but a little bit more. Mm, give or take. I mean, I felt like they, like, I felt like they were already, yeah, they were kind of bickering a little bit, but they basically were a team. They were not going to, oh, they were never going to be the cohesive team until the very end. Mm-hmm. They were always going to clash in some way. Yeah, but that kind of brought a tie-in for them together. Because once mm-hmm. you're not supposed to fu- know other agents' names, yeah, and stuff like that. So kind of like finding out the name kind of tied them together a little yeah, more. Yeah, I'm saying they didn't need that. They, they didn't, didn't need it at all. They didn't. I, I thought it was like a fun little oh, loop in the was, the ride. I'm saying that scene was fun. Yeah, the ride was fun. I'm saying as. For what it did to the movie, it didn't move anything forward plot-wise. It was more of like a step to the side, if anything. It was kind of like a, hey, and now we're going to take you over here. And it's like, oh, is there a reason why we're going here? No, we just want to go over here to this fortress. Okay. Like, it didn't do anything for me. They could have cut it, and it would have been fine, Um, in my sense. Like, even the whole Riza relationship... 
yeah, I know they mentioned it, but every time they mentioned it before, I thought she was the tentacle lady. So did I, to be honest. And then I was like, who the fuck is this lady? Like, why is she even in this movie? She didn't play she didn't play a huge part. We're just told that, oh, she's the weapons person. It's like, okay, what was her relationship with uh H4? Nah, we really don't get into it. Then why is she here? Like that's what I was thinking. Like During her uh the only part that we get it no, don't, okay, don't look at me like I, that. I'm I'm letting you explain I'm saying the yourself. only part we got into it of that is when he's actually saying he was he when like He's first talking to her. In that scene. Yeah. Yeah, I'm saying, like, besides that one scene, she's not mentioned anywhere else. Other than the fact that he's, the few times he was mentioned sleep, having slept with her and yeah, been with her. Yeah, but yet again, in my head, like, the way they're setting it up, in my head, I'm thinking of the tentacle lady mm-hmm. that he slept with. Because you actually showed me him sleeping with, the with her. Lady. Which I will say, that part... An interesting thing of like, huh, I wonder in this world how many humans have slept with aliens that you just don't think of as a kid watching MIB. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, so this one was like, huh, I wonder if there are MIB agents that are like, hey, I'm going to get freaky with this alien. And question, if you were an MIB agent, would you get freaky with an alien? Do the parts fit? I mean, technically, would let's ask this: if Would you get if freaky with a tentacle lady with the suction cups? If the because you know, suction. I mean, I guess if the if you're like an agent like Hemsworth mm-hmm. was, then yeah, because it kind of like play like, but the agent like mm-hmm. Will Smith was no, he wasn't that type of agent. Which leads me into point three. Yeah, I know at the very end that with this next point, they're trying to piece together. A lot of like assumptions. Mm-hmm. So at the end is when we get the twist of that he's been neuralized. That T neuralized him, and that's why all he remembers is the quick wit and um, series seven line. But the thing I they never went into, and for me, it was for me it took away from Hemsworth character. Is they never dove into why he is the way he is. Why is he so much different? Are they were they just expecting us to assume, oh, he got neuralized, so that affected his personality? Like, is that all they were because like I for think me, that's, I guess I guess that is kind of what they were. Like, and I get like if that's your plan, then fine. But for me, there was no development on that front to where it's like why is he this way now if he wasn't like that before? Is it just the neuralizer thing? Because everyone else we've seen neuralized, it doesn't change their personality overall. They just forget that event. Yeah. I get uh, – yeah, it comes off of assumptions because then when, mm-hmm. I, when I go into the next thing I was about to say, um, it kind of goes into, into assumptions of it probably – snowball so yeah it doesn't necessarily affect your personality but mm-hmm. like for him for example depending on what it leads into can affect your personality like him and when it goes into it so I got neuralized and mm-hmm. he's a hero he doesn't even really know why yeah like he doesn't know what happened if you were in a battle like that mm-hmm. you probably should know everything that happened not just oh yeah I went in there with my quick wit in series 7 mm-hmm. and 
Unless they're just hoping we assume that, hey, High T told him that, which boosted his confidence, and that's why he became cocky. Yeah, no, that's part of it. I think he was like semi cocky as an agent. Like he was a confident agent. Mm-hmm. And because of that, kind of made him a cocky agent, kind of mm-hmm. started like snowballing little by little and being a little more reckless. Yeah. And and I that, that does again come off an assumption. So you're right about that. Mm-hmm. I just for me it just didn't like and the whole beginning, although I'm I'm not saying to change anything, mm-hmm. it was just choppy to me where it's like we get the very beginning Paris of the hive, and it's like, and now we're at Tessa Thompson. It's like, and then the whole Tessa Thompson thing was a lot longer to where I'm like, then they just blend together. And I was like, but what about H? You didn't set up H enough with me yet to where it was like, I got H, then you went to Tessa Thompson. Then when H came back I with the scene with the gambling and stuff, yeah. I was like, so wait, what What kind of a character is he? Because I didn't get a lot in that first scene of what type of an agent he is. Yeah, what they should have done was, pro- in, my mo- in my mind, they should have gone with the 20 years ago mm-hmm. Tessa Thompson scene, then show H, and then maybe um, jump in, then jump into the gambling scene. Yep. Do H in the Paris Tower, mm-hmm. then jump into the gambling scene and show like so many years later. Yeah. Yeah, I would. Because the thing I did like in the beginning is like the title sequence. Yeah. Typical Men in Black where it's like, yes, I expect this from a Men in Black movie. Because mm-hmm. um, it was like the same as the original ones. Yeah, it was like the thin white drawing of like mm-hmm. technically if you were to draw out a constellation. Yeah. Because they had little thick like pieces in there like stars. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. Um, and I'm trying to think if there was anything else that was kind of like a check mark on my negative. Um, beginning was convoluted. Um, the whole thing with H and his character and the assumptions from that, the whole scene with the Reza thing, I just, I didn't like, and it was kind of like, eh, um, no, I'm trying to think of anything. Oh, um, the, the ending when agent, what is it? Agent O is that the one from yeah. New York? That's the head of New York. Yeah. The thing that I never put together and I don't know if this was them not explaining it enough. I don't know if this was me not putting two and two together, but I never was under the assumption that they sent Tessa Thompson to, um, or agent M to London because she knew Liam Neeson was bad. Like, I just thought it was, oh, they're sending her to London for just a mission. She, so she said she didn't know it was Liam Neeson, mm-hmm. but she knew, said something was off yeah, in but the I'm London. S- saying, like, from the beginning, unless I totally missed something, I was never under the assumption that the agent in New York knew that there was a mole in London. She all she knew is something was off in London. Okay. Like that something's not right. Mm-hmm. That was it. She didn't know that there was a mole. She didn't mm-hmm. know that Liam Neeson was But would would a New York like let's say the CIA if something's going wrong in the FBI. Yeah. Would they send someone from a different from a New York department to the London department? To do that, like, well, you're gonna have to kind of change that because CIA is like the FBI and the 
whatever. FBI is USA. Yeah, and whatever they have in London, I'm blanking on what it is. Their version of like. Well, that's it's different though because MIB is all one big branch and separate sex. All right, Coles. They have a store in London. They have a store in New York. Something's going wrong in London. They're gonna send a They're gonna send a probationary worker to Coles in London. To figure out what's going on? No, they're going to send a high-ranking officer over to London, yeah. right? Yeah. I mean, it, you're kind of picking it, up, picking it too, just, away too much. So. I, just, I, feel like with this, I feel like with this story, it wasn't concrete enough. Where, to me, this is what it felt like. Hey, we got Chris Hemsworth and we've got Tessa Thompson. That's great. It's MIB International. Cool. We want it to. It's got to be over here in London. But we got to make it relate to the other ones. It was in New York originally. So we're going to make her from New York. We're going to make him from London. And then we're just going to happen to have like the part. There's part of me that thinks and I'm just throwing this out there. Why couldn't they have both been from London and just make it entirely MIB International to where we're not even going to worry about the New York agency because this is MIB International, not MIB what we're used to. I guess maybe just to do that tie-in yeah, for that, the... And that's what I'm what, saying. Give us like, some, like what we're used to before they start doing the international part of it. Yeah, and I mean, that's all I'm saying is like I feel like the story overall... Was didn't it was like for example I'll use this analogy you're putting down a tile floor right uh-huh. what do you got to put under the tile floor a good subfloor right yeah this story didn't have a subfloor under what would you know about putting down tile I I know that much you got to <laughs> put down a good subfloor unless you have like a nice like hard base to it but mm-hmm. usually you need a subfloor underneath um. Johnny, what would you know about doing that? I watched videos online of doing it yourself. Um, But basically, this story didn't have a good subfloor to me underneath. It was that tile that's kind of rocky, and it's like, ooh, this tile's going to crack. And the story to me did have cracks in it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It had some cracks. It wasn't a rock-solid story, and that's why to me where it's like, if I had to give like the quick bullet point of like the quick tagline where it was like Chris Chris Helmsworth is really good and witty. His chemistry with Tessa Thompson is really good. Overall shaky. Like it it if it didn't have Hemsworth and Tessa Thompson in it, this movie would have been a lot worse. Like they were the saving graces of this movie. Anything to add to it? No, I didn't think it was as bad as you do. Mm-hmm. So I just, to me, and I don't want to say bad, it was okay. And that's what I meant by I wasn't underwhelmed, I wasn't overwhelmed, I was just whelmed. Yeah, but I'm just saying, like, it. our levels are yeah. different areas. Yeah. I, 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 I have a lot more to nitpick with this one than you do. Because to me, I just thought it was a fun ride. I wasn't picking mm-hmm. apart the little... Details like that because yeah I didn't have high expectations. Also, mm. you got a little uh, one of your myths is that Will Smith wasn't in it. Oh yeah, well I mean they could have easily put him in it. I mean I think it probably I mean came. his sketch unless it was like due to his scheduling, could be scheduling. But could I would have made sure. Hey Will, 
we'll fit in. Just we got we'll, we'll fit in to do something. Like tell us when you're free, we will work around you. She got even if it's cameo, will like Stan Lee style. You got to have that Will Smith cameo in here. Like maybe they're trying to dive, like pull away from because the last, the first movie was him and Kay. The mm-hmm. second movie was I think they're, they're just, maybe they're just trying to pull away when from Kay was all in the that. post office. Yeah, Kay was neuralized mm-hmm. so he can have a normal life, then pulled back in. Yeah, and then the third one was time time travel, mostly about Will Smith. Even if it's something like like I mentioned the Stan Lee ones. Yeah, of like a minute they're in Not the even. car. They zoom by, and I know it's international, but, like, let's say her. She's chasing after the agency um, to find it, where she basically, the taxi flies by, and it's just Will on the street. And it's just a funny one-second thing of, like, ha, it's Will Smith. Okay, cool. Like, that's what I was looking for. Yeah, I just, maybe they like, didn't want. Oh, man, that's Will Smith. Maybe All they right, want to pay the fun. money for that, too, so. I... This is different than our Avengers conversation, though, in my mind. Yeah. You pony up the dough for that. You pony up, you make the fans happy, you send them home happy. Um, but here at the end, we'll do traditional show stealer first. Who's your show stealer for this uh, one? I'm going to give it to Hemsworth. Okay. Yeah, I'm going to give it Chris Hemsworth, too. I feel like Tessa Thompson wasn't, wasn't bad, but like you had mentioned, there was just something off about her when she was not playing off of Chris Hemsworth. Yeah, it's just she was didn't seem like she was herself. Mm-hmm. Like what well, like we get and like, like I said she didn't have the confidence like, that Valkyrie has. like she wasn't yeah. Valkyrie feels like actually more And Valkyrie and Agent M are different characters. Very different characters. But like when she played Valkyrie, she kinda uh how do I describe this? She actually She's more badass. No not just, that's not even what I'm trying to get okay. at. She, it's almost like she's more comfortable. Oh, being when that she plays badass type, being Valkyrie, than she was being Agent M until mm-hmm. she played off of Hemsworth, until it got into the end of the movie. Like when she was in the beginning, until Agent M turned from lowly initiative to hey, I'm now the one with the confidence. I'm the one. Well, basically. not even that. Like even also like by the books mm-hmm. for the most part. Um, stiff, stiff. Like Hemsworth True. actually said before they went into the bar scene. Mm-hmm. It's like, yeah, you're kind of stiff. Yeah. And it's like, yeah, now thinking about her, she was kind of stiff throughout the beginning until, like I said, she could play off of Hemsworth. Exactly. And then, um, like, the, throughout the rest of it, it started to go, mm-hmm. okay, now she seems more like she's comfortable with the role almost. That's another thing I wanted to ask you. Mm-hmm. Um, two things. First off, what did you think of the I get it was supposed to be funny. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying like it's a huge negative. I just want to ask your opinion. The scene where she picked up the little gun from the first one and went the cricket. Eh, what did you think of that? Because there was a part of me that was like, oh, no, bitch, you don't disrespect the original X-Men. That's a powerful gun right there. X-Men? You're holding our men in black. We did the X-Men one earlier. I still got the X-Men on my mind. There is a powerful gun right there. You don't disrespect Will Smith's I mean, Will Smith didn't uh, like the gun either. He thought it was a joke, too. Oh, I know. But still, like, that's just like the, oh, no, oh, no you didn't. Oh, no, you didn't. That's a powerful gun you're holding there. What I would have liked then for that, now that you bring that mm-hmm. up, bring the cricket back. And just have pew. <laughs> Some of the other guns, though, I will say. Yeah. Looked very bad, whether it was CGI or not CGI. Like, there was one where 
she was holding the gun and it literally it was in the fight scene with the alien guys and it literally looked like she was aiming the gun like this it was one of the one-handed ones mm-hmm. and i remember thinking in my head going wow that looks like a gun i bought at walmart like that's the quality some of the guns looked like to that like should, to me it honestly looked, all the guns other mm, than the firing should have been all practical effects yeah and i'm saying there are honestly, some of them that like when they pointed i looked and i was like wow they look very like cheap like from oh i you can buy this at you can buy this at walmart kind of a thing um so i wasn't very impressed by the effects hmm. of some of it um, but what score are you going to give it out of five? I think we're going to give three out of five. Okay. I figured. Um, I'm actually going to change mine a little. I'm, I'm debating after. So I locked into a number mm-hmm. and now after talking about it. So originally I was thinking 2.5. Um, I'm debating in my head now after talking about it. If I should knock it down to a two. And I think I'm going to do that. I think I'm going to knock it down from a 2.5 to a two. Only because for me, like, and here's the part that I'm battling with. Everything that I said was a negative. I think was a true negative. But did Chris Hemsworth's performance do enough to make it a two point. Yep. Fuck it. I'm going to leave it as a 2.5 because of Chris Hemsworth. So basically what I'm thinking is all the negatives for me that I said brought it down to a 2.5 and Chris Hemsworth was able to do what Sophie Turner and uh, Nicholas Holt were not able to do. He was able to bring it up Mm -hmm. uh, to that 2.5. And the reason why is spoiler alert for our act. Well, actually go check out the X-Men one. At the end of that one, you'll see the big spoiler thing of why Sophie Turner and Nicholas Holt were not able um, to do what Chris Hemsworth did. Um, Cause we have a movie review first mm-hmm. um, on that podcast. Any final thoughts that you want to say um, maybe about uh, Mr. Negative Nancy sitting over here? Um, you mean yourself, right? <laughs> yeah, that's, that's what I'm Just so about. clarify. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah. Um, I did say we did forget to say out of how many what, so I'm going to say neuralizers. Okay. 2.5 neuralizers. You gave it a three. Three neuralizers. Uh-huh. And so Ricky doesn't even remember his score now. And what I'm thinking is, oh, question. What? Um, I didn't. What? Of course we did this review, but I didn't get it down on uh, the spreadsheet. Do you remember what you gave Brightburn? I do not. Okay. Um, I gave it a three, and I was like, shit, I didn't put Johnny's down. Um, so I'm going to have to look back at that yeah, one. Yeah, then just check the end the, of the other of, podcast. Yeah, out of the movies that we've seen so far, the last okay movie was Brightburn. The last great movie was Aladdin. Um, and Dave also had a Rick and Johnny movie review first. For Brightburn, guess what he gave it? Hmm. A question mark. He still doesn't know how he feels about that movie. <laughs> that's that's what that movie did to Dave, where he still doesn't know um, how he feels about that one. Just at that point, get some sort of dice and roll. And he also agreed with you on Aladdin, by the way. Um, he gave Will Smith a show stealer. Nice. So Will Smith got two. Naomi Scott got one um, for that one. But that's going to do it for... 
our review this week. Next week, we're going to have a movie review. We may have two. Um, so what we're planning is Toy Story is definitely going to be seen. Like, we're seeing Toy Story 4. Um, there's a possibility that we see Child's Play as well. And it's a complete toy review here on the Rick and Johnny podcast. Um, uh, if we're not able to see two, definitely be expecting that Toy Story 4 review. Everything I've seen in headlines is perfect score, certified fresh. Like, I'm expecting next week to just be a five out of five. From, five out of five from both of us. Um, I'm preemptively, you know what? Preemptively right here. You ready? I'm going to call it. Um, I'm going to give it a five out of five and Tom Hanks is going to be my show stealer. That's me calling my shot right now. I'm Not Tim Babe Allen. Ru- I'm Babe Ruth. I'm, uh, Ken Griffey Jr. Calling the home run shot right there. Basically Tom Hanks is going to be the show stealer and it's going to be a five out so of five. It's not going to be Spoony. Oh, Sporky. Know. I don't know, man. I don't know if it's going to be Sporky. Um, but Tom Hanks. Not I Tim Allen. I don't know. Tim Allen might be the f- might be like the the dark horse behind him, but I think Tom Hanks is going to put all he, all he wants into this one. But thank you guys for checking out this movie review. Make sure to check us out on patreoncom backslash podcast to help support us. Um, and thank you to Johnny. I don't thank you enough for doing these with me. Can't do them without you. It would only be the R N the R N movie review, or really the R um, review. I take the, the and R and Johnny. Well, there's no end without both of us. But thank you guys for watching. Thank you guys for listening. And as always, have a good day, everybody. Thank you for listening to this MVP podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Most Valuable Pod for more great podcasts. It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.